Welcome to Day 64 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matt Kresge and Katie Kresge, continuing our journey through the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting to one of the most exciting parts of the book of Acts. Uh, the church is persecuted, but even as it's persecuted and scattered, the gospel uh, goes in very powerful ways to a lot of places we would not have normally suspected. And so you're actually having the, the vision of Acts being fulfilled uh, through persecution, the gospel spreading mm-hmm. throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. We were in Acts 7 last week. Last time we left you, uh, Stephen had made a long speech recalling Old Testament history. Toward the end, he kind of rushes the history. I imagine he's looking at the crowd just a little bit and they're getting anxious. He is stoned. The Lord stands up and receives him. And uh, we come to the first verse of Acts chapter 8 where it just simply says, And Saul approved of their killing them. So we've been introduced to this character that will take over the story in, in a few chapters of the book of Acts. But when we first find him, he is vehemently opposed to the church. So we pick up with the persecution and the scattering of the believers from Jerusalem. Uh, before we uh, tackle uh, Acts chapter 8, Let's offer ourselves and uh, this moment to the Lord. Matt, do you mind lifting yeah. us up in prayer? Yep. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for time together in it, and, and we pray as we do um, dive in to your word in this moment that, that, Father, we would offer ourselves to you, that you would give us um, wisdom. You would use it to transform us into the image of your Son. And um, God, we pray the, pr- the prayer that David prayed, that you would um, open our eyes, that we may, we may behold wonderful things in your, in your word. And, and so that's our prayer, that's our longing, um, that we wouldn't um, just read for information, but that, Father, we would read to, to see you, to know you, um, to love you, to be transformed by you. And so uh, be with us in this time. Um, help us to see Jesus. Um, God, use your word um, to accomplish your purposes in us and through us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's a favorite little Matt Kresge phrase as we dive into mm-hmm. dive into the Word, which is just an incredible image. <laughs> so let's do that. Let's dive in. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he had performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was a great joy in that city. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention, exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, 
Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part of sure in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in the charge of all the treasury of Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he asked, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is a passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before it sure is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. But he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus, and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Two wonderful accounts of very powerful witnesses to God's word. Uh, one of our favorite passages, of course, Isaiah 53, uh, opened up uh, for the eunuch as he does that. Uh, Philip, of course, was one of the seven who was appointed in the in the church, you know, to uh, be you know to be a deacon and to serve and to wait on tables. But he is doing far more than that. As Stephen also did far more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, there were people who were very powerful in, 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 in speech and very, very powerful in works, but they were willing to serve tables, and you can see the heart of the gospel working in and through these, through these men. Mm -hmm. So he arrives at Samaria, mm -hmm. kind of an odd place to start. It's probably the last place uh, that uh, the Jews would have thought of taking the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, they certainly thought the Samaritans because they had strayed from uh, the purity of the Torah uh, and worship in Jerusalem, uh, that they were outside of God's good grace, uh, but we find God's grace going as Jesus had told them to Jerusalem, to Judea, and Samaria, mm -hmm. and the ends of the earth. So, what are some of the things that stand out? And just you read this passage. I one of the things that really stands out just right from the beginning is how Saul um, and the people who are persecuting the church are are trying to thwart um, the plan, the, what God is doing through them. And in, in doing so, they're actually scattering them and spreading the good news of the gospel to the areas that Jesus had already said that they would. And so they can't thwart God's plan. I no. mean, that's what I'm getting from that. So. so whenever Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin, 
uh, Gamaliel, who was Paul's teacher, stood up and said, gentlemen, yeah. you know, if this thing is really of God, you're only going to find yourself opposing God. Uh, and I said, you should let it run its course. If it's not of God, it'll just kind of run out of steam on its own. But if it is of God, it, it will gain momentum. And you see, Paul must have vehemently thought, Gamaliel, you're out of your mind. We need to destroy this. But he's actually doing what Gamaliel predicted. He is seeing this thing flourish because it actually is is of God. And he becomes, even in his persecution, an instrument you know, of the church flourishing. Yeah. I love, too. Uh, verse 4, it says, those who have been scattered preach the word wherever they went. Yeah, and, and it's just, it reminds me, I mean, you read kind of this account, and, and Luke's going to focus this in on, you know, Peter and Paul and the apostles. Like, we're going to see, you know, significant things happening through those guys. But that maybe the thing that we often miss is this kind of undercurrent that Luke shows us. It's the gospel being preached wherever the disciples go, wherever believers go. You know, there, we have no names here. Just those who have been scattered preach the gospel wherever they went. And you begin to see this work of God happening through the proclamation of the gospel through the ordinary, everyday believer, you know, mm-hmm. through through us. And, and so I, I love just getting to see that. And I love how that that little section kind of bookends, you know, verse 8. Verse 8 says, so there was great joy in that city, mm-hmm. you know, just everyday, ordinary, persecuted yeah. believers preach the gospel wherever they go. And as the gospel does what it does, there's great joy yeah. produced in the city. And, and how could you not talk about uh, what you had seen and heard in Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. How could you not talk about the entire history of Israel uh, being summed up in the person of Christ? And all of a sudden, the story becomes real. It's living. It's vivid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had seen, you know, the resurrected Savior. Uh, so that was, you know, one of the things, you know, that Peter and John said, you know, to the Sanhedrin, we, right. we, we can't help but talk about this. Yeah. This is cataclysmic. I mean, not cataclysmic, the opposite of that. You know, the world's been turned upside down. Uh, everything that we've ever believed in has become so much more real, so much more deeply personal, and so much more, you know, vivid. And we sometimes forget uh, the gospel becomes so commonplace with us. We, mm-hmm. we it doesn't have that sense of contagious. I've got to talk about Jesus yeah. in a kind of sense, and just fantastic to see that in the early church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get together, we talk about sports or politics maybe mm-hmm. i don't know if anybody this season <laughs> is talking about politics or anything you know even close to that uh our hearts are captured by you know so many things yeah uh, sometimes we need to be recaptured by the gospel yeah. i love too that they don't measure maybe who they should preach the gospel to based on the worthiness of that gospel you know like based, based on the worthiness of the person receiving the gospel because they go to like here you have Philip in Samaria and you mentioned I mean the Jews did not like the Samaritans you know they they did they, they were outcasts they viewed them as people who strayed from the covenant and, and so for Philip to go saying we have this worthy gospel to be proclaimed even to the Samaritans I mean it's so significant for us because it's easy to think, you know, man, I want my friends and my family and those closest to me to know the gospel and, and maybe unintentionally neglect, you know, the, the, the gospel's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we know that, but maybe in practice we kind of reserve it for, you know, well, what if that person rejects me, you know, if I share the gospel? And just being reminded that the gospel is a powerful message and it's for all people. And that's kind of what we're seeing. It's not just for those in Jerusalem. Now the church is being pushed out and it's being taken to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And, and you see God pushing them in that, yeah. in that direction. That, you know, the next few chapters are going to 
highlight you know that uh, there there are some you know that go to Antioch and, and they color outside the lines but uh, you know Philip has to be pushed out of the city Peter will have to be pushed out of mm-hmm. uh, you know Caesarea you know as well so there's all kinds of you know and, and that's one of Luke's themes that the gospel is for all people it's bringing back in those who've been alienated been lost been pushed to the margins you know of society mm-hmm. you have to love this you know character simon the sorcerer mm-hmm. he kind of held the whole city under his spell because he you did great things whether it's just pure trickery or there's you know actually you know some demonic you know activity involved we're, we're not told but somehow just like uh, the musicians uh, magicians i didn't want that to sound too much like musicians <laughs> when i said that katie um, like the magicians you know in egypt were able to kind of uh, duplicate to a certain extent you know the works of god but then they go well beyond them mm-hmm. it's almost as if god is just toying with them a little bit uh, yeah sure do that do that do that what's this mm-hmm. and uh so you have the whole city astonished at his works but you have simon astonished at the works he sees yeah. the apostles doing which go far beyond uh, you know anything we can imagine, whether by trickery or by any other any other source. Mm. Yeah, and there's no doubt in reading this that he is Simon is about himself, and um, and then Philip comes along, and Philip is pointing people to Jesus, the person of Jesus, the power of Jesus, and so we see. I just see kind of um, just a, a contrast between Simon, who's very much about him, and then Philip, who is pointing toward someone greater than him and yet he's doing all these right. marvelous and things there's a little contrast in the text uh the people saw what uh you know philip was doing and listened very carefully to his words mm-hmm. simon followed him around watching these wonderful works mm-hmm. and then finally he reveals his heart when he sees you know uh peter and john laying on hands and the holy spirit coming he said i'll pay you anything if i could do that yeah and i said wow yeah uh, your heart is full of bitterness. This is not the kind of bitterness we talk about, but it, it's it's poison. Mm-hmm. Your heart's poison. Uh, you're you're acting for your own image and for your own glory, and the gospel is absolutely the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And do you, you do have you know you have a second Pentecost event. Yeah. You have uh, you know have the Pentecost in Jerusalem, and here you have you know some of the same signs you know uh, performed. Uh, you know, in Samaria, and, and there's the, there's a delay in, in the coming of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, in Jerusalem, but there was a delay in, in, in the coming of the Holy Spirit, so that the apostles themselves could witness it, and so the apostles themselves could be instrumental in bringing these people, you know, into yeah. into the family, yeah. uh, and uh, to witness that God is doing the same thing among them that He did among us. And you'll hear that. Yeah, you know, pattern over and over. Yeah, I was going to say we almost need a bonus episode. We for have not left any yeah, room at all for no. any room yeah. at all for Philip and Isaiah fifty three. How, how nice! I mean, you have you know this eunuch who is uh, from Ethiopia, and there were large Jewish pockets in northern Africa, you know, at at this time, and so uh, it's it's kind of overlooked sometimes how the North African influence you know came in. So many people are coming you know to uh, christ are becoming god fearers uh he had limitations because he was a eunuch he would not have been allowed in the temple or in the presence but he had somehow his heart had been captured by the jewish faith Mm -hmm. and he may have on this trip of jerusalem 
saved his money for a long time and bought this Isaiah scroll, mm-hmm. yeah. which would have been a treasure. So it's a big scroll. So yeah, I mean, no, it is a big scroll, and it, it, it would have been an expensive treasure. And he's reading it, and I, I suppose if I were going to share the gospel anywhere, you know, in uh, the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, we all like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord had laid on him, you know, the iniquity of each of us have turned to our own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was like, and that's where you pick up in this text, a sheep before the shearer. And then it comes back, you know, to where it drops off here. He had no descendants that we would count, and then a little bit later there were many no descendants. He, mm-hmm. he he left without anyone to his name, but now many, yeah. you know, have come to him as a result of that. Yeah. And you have to love too that he's reading Isaiah, and you know Isaiah prophesied for the day when eunuchs would worship the Lord. They'd be allowed, you know, just to, a few chapters later, yeah, to worship freely. Yeah. yeah, go for it, Katie. Yeah. So in Isaiah fifty-six. Um, starting in verse 4 it says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant to them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters and it goes on but I mean so God had already promised to to make a way for eunuchs specifically and foreigners eunuchs um, to to worship and worship him well just Um, imagine he's he's been baptized Uh, Philip disappears which is kind of a reminder of the ministries of elijah and elisha the spirit you know carrying them and sweeping them you know from one place uh, to another and so he probably with great rejoicing gets back in his chariot and he reads on and yeah within a within a few minutes he would have been reading that passage uh which you can see uh, god orchestrating all these details too yeah like it's just God's plan. I mean, so many coincidences. Yeah, it's just it's too many <laughs> to be coincidences. Yeah, we we've indulged you far too long today, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the grace of who you are and how you speak to us and how your word speaks to us. Thank you for the good news of the gospel. May we recapture the same contagious spirit the early church had, where we go about proclaiming the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm.